Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, let me ask you one time, how's everybody doing? Nice, 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 man. I am doing great too. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this day. It snuck up on us. I cannot believe we are four years old. So man, it is awesome to be with you and celebrating. Today's going to be a fun day. Got a lot of stuff planned for the kids and and some cool things that are happening uh, today. Even next week, we've got Kona Ice coming next week. I don't know why we didn't get them to come this week, but I mean, hey, we'll, we'll just extend the party a little bit. But we want you to, we want you to get connected at Renew Church. Don't just come for parties. We want you to be a part of the family, right? Like, Parties are for the cousins, but your brothers and sisters, right? Like you come every, every single week because we love you and we care about you. So fill out this guest card or, or next steps card that's right there in the rack right down uh, in front of you. And uh, stop by the Connect Fair. That's how you're going to get a cupcake anyway and find out about the merchandise that we're giving away and stuff like that. Um, go this way on your way out. You'll see it on, on your way. And for those of you that are in online, I am glad that you're here. I'm sorry that you couldn't be here in person, but we love you and we're glad that you're worshiping with us today. Well, uh, we're in a series. It's called Where Are You? And this is a series focused on helping you identify where you are in your walk with God and, and help you to grow in your faith. This is the verses that we've been reading for the last several weeks, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the original text, but I'm going to continue it for a few more uh, verses. So it starts at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and it says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, as if there could be a half measure. That's, you know, my notes. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming on YouTube. Uh, notes are mine. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Sounds like, sounds like this is a church. These are the Corinthian church, but it sounds like they've, they've done some, some, some you know, backwards movement. They're not moving in, a, in a, a linear upward direction. It may be that they made a good step, but then like we talked about last week, they, they started kind of falling back. Verse 20, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it today. Amen? Amen. Let me get into this. Last week, we, we uh, concluded a message called Spiritual Babies, or I think I entitled it Babies Are Us. And it's okay to be a baby, 
I mean, that's how you're born again. You're born again. You're a born again baby. Like that, that's where you start. And you have to embrace the place that God has you, but don't stay a baby forever. Don't stay a baby. Babies are cute and they're precious until they're eight years old and still wearing a diaper. Then that's not very cute or precious. So enjoy being a baby for the season that you're in, but also grow in the natural processes that the Apostle Paul is talking about until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. This message series is called, Where Are You? And it's answering the question, it's kind of dropping a pin on where are you. Where are you, not just geographically, but where are you spiritually? Where are you in your relationship with God? This week I want to talk more about spiritual adolescence. I want to talk about spiritual adolescence. You, you know, in the, in the year 2000, life expectancy was 81 years old. That, that was the life expectancy, the average life expectancy of an American. In the year 1900, 100 years before, guess what it was? Don't guess, let me tell you. 43. 81 in the year 2000. 1900, the year 1900, the average life expectancy was 43 almost half. Can you imagine only having 43 years to live? I'm 43, so <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It makes me think. You ever done one of those, those icebreakers? Like, if you only had a year to live, what would you do? You know, travel the world, spend more time with your kids, work less, skydive. Anybody skydive if you had a year to live? Anybody? No? Good. This is the same crowd. This, oh, somebody was pointing. Uh, but, but like, what about eat whatever I want? I do not care how big my waistline gets. I'm going and I'm getting an extra slice of pizza. Anybody like that? I mean, that's the way I would be. My point is this. A hundred years ago, a person's lesser life expectancy gave them a greater life expectation. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I think it's just in the, you would just write it in the additional notes. And I hope you take notes because it helps you retain, it helps you learn, it helps you, you, you know, not say after church what was the message about. Like you can, you can take a few notes and it will remind you of what it is that we talked about. A person's life expectancy, a hundred years ago, a person's lesser life expectancy gave them greater life expectation. Because they only had 43 years to live on average, they had a greater expectation of what they were going to do in those 43 years. You stopped being a child and you became a man. And as soon as you were able, you, you began to work. Like my grandfather had an eighth grade edu education, not because he was dumb, not because he dropped out, but because that's kind of what you did 100 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Or 60 years ago, 70 years ago. That, that's the way that was. Kids got married younger. They started careers earlier. They had kids sooner. They wanted to be grandparents before they died. So there was a lot of young grandpas and grandmas. Like a uh, hundred years later, though, people are living much longer. They're living to their 80s, 90s, and even 100. And with that, there's this new idea that wasn't as prevalent as it is now. It, it, there, there's this idea that, that wasn't even really a thing that was talked about that is now something that we, we look at and we talk about and we have groups around it. Does anybody know what this word is? It's a teenager. It's a teenager. Th this was a concept that a hundred years ago was barely even thought of. You see, and, and, and here's a note, if you're taking notes, I think it's further down in the page, you got to find it. Uh, where are you? We're playing Where's Waldo? You got to find out where the fill in the blanks are, but you got to drop down a little bit. Teenager wants the benefit 
of being a child without the responsibility of an adult. So here's what a teenager is. Let me say it one more time, and I know I'm offending some teenagers today. I still love you, and I was a teenager once. I was the youth pastor for many years. But a teenager, they want the benefit of being a child without, put it back up, without the responsibility of an adult, right? So if, if you're not tracking with me yet, let me just kind of help you. I'm not a baby anymore, Mom. I'm not a baby. Stop bothering me about that. Mom, I want to stay out late. I want the freedom to make my own decisions. It's my life. Don't tell me what to do. This is, this is my life. The privileges of being uh, not a child. I mean, the benefits of, of being a... Uh, you want the benefits of being a child without the responsibility of being an adult. But, but Mom, you're still going to pay my phone bill, right? <laughs> right? And, and um, listen, uh, can I have some gas money? Because I'm a little bit short this week. And, and why do I need a job? You know, my parents pay for everything. I, I don't need a job. Job. I, I'm, I'm 17 years old, but I, I still, my parents got it. Um, and, and here's one that my girls do. I've got a 17-year-old a, a and a seventh grader. And uh, both of them have this tendency, probably the seventh grader more than the 17-year-old, but the the, they would say things like, Mom, there's no food in the fridge. Can you just run through, you know, fill in the blank, Taco Bell or Wendy's? You know, get one of these $9 fast food meals. Why, why, are, why is fast food $9 for a meal now? What's, what's going on? $10, $11, like it's insane. But there's no food in the fridge. Can you just run through the, the, the drive-thru and grab me something? And then $25 later, we're like, sheesh, what did I just buy? Two tacos, right? It's insane. But do you, do, does anyone relate to this, uh, uh, or are you related to this? Don't look. Don't look over. Don't look at them if you're, you're related to it. It could get awkward. Here's some of the characteristics of a teenager if you're taking notes. Number one, teens are, are, are aware. Teens are aware. Uh, like an infant, they're still somewhat self-centered. They're, they're somewhat like childish, but they're beginning to be aware of the world around them. Like they, they're aware of the people around them and why is he more athletic than I am or why is she smarter than me or their family is richer than our family, aren't they, mom? They go on better vacations or uh, everything always works out for them. Nothing ever works out for me. You, you, you see what I'm talking about? They, they're aware. Spiritual teens are aware as well. They aren't always thinking about self like they did when they were an infant. You know, when you're a baby, you don't, you don't care what time, day or night it is. You don't care how important the phone call is. If you've got a bellyache as a baby, you're going to scream your lungs out. That's just the way it is. But as you get a little bit older, you become aware and you're like, oh, mommy's on the phone. I can't talk. And, and even more mature and, and, and more, uh, you know, older, you're like, you know what? I better, I better be careful what I do because this is really an important thing that they're in the middle of. Spiritual teens are the same way. They're, they're becoming more aware. They realize that the world doesn't revolve around them, and they start to see the needs around them, and sometimes they even do something about it. They, they do something about it because they, they start to have this compassion for the people around them. And it, it's not all about me-centered. It's not all just about myself. They begin holding the door for the person behind them and maybe helping out a homeless person or, or giving encouraging words on someone else's post. All of these things. And I'm not just talking about the physical teenager. I'm talking about the spiritual teenagers. I'm talking about the people in the room that are in their 50s 
that, that are spiritually adolescent. That, this is the things that you're, you're, you're doing and how you're living. This might be you if I'm describing these things. When you begin maturing from infant to teen, you become more aware of those that are around you. Another uh, characteristic of a spiritual teenager, well, first of all, a natural teenager, they're invincible, right? When I was a teenager, I was invincible. Like I could not, nobody could touch me. I, I even had this shirt and this, this will kind of like age me a little bit. I had this shirt that said no fear on it. You guys remember the no fear brand? Anybody? Some of y'all know about no fear. Where did that come from? Where did no fear come from? It, it, it came from JC Penney's. I remember when we bought it, I was so excited. <laughs> but where did the mantra no fear come from? It really wasn't about the, 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 the brand as much as it was my peers. This negative peer pressure like, bro, let's do this. Who cares what anybody thinks? Oh, what if we get in trouble? No, 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 don't even think about that. No fear. This is the way we live. That's, that's a mindset. And, and, and you know, it, it made us test the limits as teenagers, right? Maybe some teenagers doing that today. That's that negative peer pressure. Spiritual teenagers have a tendency to do some similar things, but spiritual teenagers are, are using oftentimes positive peer pressure. They have a positive peer pressure where they're, they're starting to hang around the right kind of people and they're excited for the gospel and they're ready to try anything. Here's what Romans chapter 12 says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I mean, I, I, I see this. I see brand new baby Christians that are like growing and maturing. They're like, man, I'm on fire for God. They're not just babies saying me, me, me. They're like going out there and like telling the world about Jesus, right? They're trying to like conquer hell with a water gun or whatever, right? And, and, and they have this heart and this fire. And they're, they're, they have this spiritual, they're, they're doing what this is talking about. This is their spiritual act of worship. And it says, verse 2, do not conform any ladder longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in other words, instead of just testing the limits Spiritual teenagers are testing the will of God. They're like, God, is this of your will? Is this something that I could do? Is this something you would have me to do? They're, they're literally seeing that like, their invincibility is not in their selves. It's not in their own strength. But it's like, man, me and God, we can conquer the world. Man, we can get our family saved. We can lead our neighborhood to Christ. We can reach our school for Jesus. That's spiritual teenagers. And it's a great place to be. Sometimes. It's a, it's a good place to be in, in some respects. With God's help, they're accomplishing great things, and, and people are taking notice. If, if people have said anything to you lately, maybe in, in, in your walk with God, and they're like, man, there's something different about you. And you're like, no, nothing. Yeah, there is. They see it. They're seeing something about you. They're recognizing that. And there's, there's this, this maturity that's happening because you're not a baby anymore. And I want to congratulate you if you're, you're, you're moving from infantile faith to a, a, a maturing faith, a, a me-centered baby faith to, man, there's, there's, there's a world out there and they need Jesus. Congratulations if that's you. Here's a third piece. The third characteristic, teens are, are independent. And then I put in the notes right out to the side, kind of. <laughs> teens are independent, kind of. It's like... Natural teens, I'm talking about like teenagers, human teenagers, they, they say things like, don't tell me what to do. 
You know, I, I, stop, stop always telling me what to do. I'm, I'm almost 18. I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> somebody thought that was funny. I'm almost an adult, mom. But can you, you know, pick up some toilet paper on your way home, you know? Uh, don't tell me what to do. Teenagers want the benefit of being a child. I know I said this before, but I want you to get it. Without the responsibility of an adult. They want the benefit of being a child without the responsibilities of an adult. So in one respect, you're growing, you're doing good, but on another respect, you're not, you haven't arrived yet. Like, at least you're not so me-centric that you don't even realize, you realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. But you need to, like, start taking some responsibility as an adult. Am I stepping on some people's toes today? <laughs> not just teenagers. I'm talking about the spiritual 40-year-old spiritual teenager. It's this, I want the old life but I also want to be a new creation. I want, I want renew, uh, you know, that, that 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. I, w- I want the new creation on Sundays, but I, I don't want to leave my old life. That just, that won't work for me. When you get saved, you're a baby Christian. You're born again. So it's, it's fitting that you're born again. And Jesus said, um, you know, to Nicodemus, you must be born again. So you're a baby Christian. But you begin to develop into the next step when you realize that there's a war between the old value system and the new one. The old value system is filled with selfishness, drama, and hopeless living. That's, if that describes you, then, then, then maybe that's because you're a spiritual teenager that God's calling you to mature. The old value system is, is filled with just like, man, why is, always, why is my life always just a mess? because you're immature in your faith. The new value system is Jesus is Lord, and love reigns supreme. Jesus, uh, when asked what's the greatest commandment, he said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, like it, it, there's 600 plus commands in the, in the law, in the Old Testament, but he's like, here's what it all boils down to. All the law and the prophets center on this. Love God with everything you are, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. This, this, this is where old and new collide. And it's a mess oftentimes. The bad news is, is you can't live in both. You can't live in both value systems forever. If honest, some of you are trying and it's exhausting, isn't it? It's like, man, I just, I really want like to do what I do on Fridays. But Sundays, I, I also love to, you know, be in church because I love to worship. It's really, really good. But Fridays, man, when I get out with my friends, I, I, I hope I don't see anybody, and I hope they don't know that I'm a, you know, a Christian because it's, it's this living in two worlds. They just don't work. That's, that's where the church at Corinth was. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul is writing to this church, and he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would mature Christians. I had to talk as though you... We're infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't handle anything stronger. And you still aren't ready for you are still controlled by your own sinful desires. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. You're acting like people who don't belong to the Lord. This is the, the, the church that Paul had planted in Corinth. You see what he's saying? He's saying there's something wrong here. When we first started, I dealt with you like babies because that's what you were. But here we are years later and, and, and 
you haven't grown up at all. Like you're still acting like a child and this, this can't be, this shouldn't be, this isn't who you are. And I think he's, he's looking at us and he's speaking to us in, in the same way that God looks at us and, and in the same way that we look at our kids, you know, our physical kids. For those of you that are moms or dads, you know, you, you, you want what's best for your kids. It's the order, it's, the, it's the, the way that God created us. I mean, we call him our heavenly father, right? So, so we are children of God. I, I, we sing it, I am a child of God, right? He's our heavenly father. And in the same way that I look to my daughters and I'm like, honey, you can't do that. Honey, you can't, you can't live like this. this. This, you need to change this. There's consequences for this. The, the, all of these things, this is, this is the way God is wanting us to be. He, this is the relationship he's trying to create with each and every one of us. Because if, if my, my seventh grader, you know, stays the height that she is and the development that she is and everything like she is, she's perfect in the place that she is right here and right now as a 12-year-old. But if she stays right there at that place, for another 10 years, 20 years, like we're going to have to go see a specialist. We're going to have to call a doctor. We're going to have to check on her. We're going to have to see what's going on in her development process. What's, what's my point? The point is, is, in the same way that we talk about physical maturity, we got to talk about spiritual maturity. That if you're, if you're still kind of like crawling around in diapers, like we got to see a specialist. We got to talk to somebody. We got to say, hey, look, like this, are you, are you okay? Because you're, you're still where you were when you were a baby. You're not, you're not maturing. It, it, it's the question, it's the, the conversation of where are you? And no one's saying it's easy, but it can, it can be done. Romans 8 says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ, for the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. So in other words, it's not on your own. It's not in your own strength. It's by the power of the life-giving Spirit, the Spirit of God, that when you ask Christ to come into your life to forgive you, the Holy Spirit enters into your life and you're not doing it on your own. God put into effect a plan to save us. He sent His Son in a human body like ours. God destroyed sins controlling over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sin. Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered hell and the grave. And in the same way, by the same power and by the same spirit, you can conquer death, hell, and the grave. Because of what Jesus did and the spirit living in you, you don't have to live in your old patterns. There was a day when some of you, language was a struggle. And you got born again, you accepted Jesus, you became a follower of Christ. And somebody called you out, thinking about somebody in my CR group that used to cuss all the time, all the time, just curse like, like a sailor, man. And I never really called him out. I just loved on him and listened to him, and I was like, ooh. But over, over time, it's changed in him. It's changed in his life. And so now when, when, when God shows you things like that, and, and cursing is just, a, it's just one thing, but it is Scripture, Luke 6, 45, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So, so, so don't just play it off like, oh, I can, those four-letter words are just four-letter. Yeah, but is it really, like, is it just four-letter word? Is it like the, the dirt inside of you? So he's, uh, 
He's now like when he's building a shelf and he hammers his thumb, he's yelling out Christian cuss words. Hallelujah! <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. God is changing him. I don't really know because I've never built a shelf with him. But God, I've seen, I've seen the actions of his life and God is changing him. God's working in him. Come on up, Steph. Ephesians 4 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words may be an encouragement to those who hear them. In other words, it's, it starts to happen. But I'm not just talking about language. I'm talking about every piece of your life. I'm talking about every part of who you are. Because that's what God wants for you. To grow, to mature, to, to move from, from, from childlike faith to teenage faith to, to even becoming a mature believer, a reproducing believer. So, um, you're finding this new, new definition based on who you are in Christ. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's still a battle. You still have to struggle with it. That's what happens when we grow up. Just in adolescence, it's not easy. It's not fun. Being a teenager sometimes has its struggles. Same thing in being a spiritual teenager. It has its struggles. But the reason why it's such an even harder struggle in the spiritual is because it's not superficial. It's not just get this bracelet and everything's cool. It's not just go out and buy one of the Renew Church t-shirts and, and, and get rid of some of your other t-shirts and everything's good. It's literally, it's more than the superficial. It's not just changing your hair color or, or, or uh, you know, something physical. It, it's, it's not like changing where you live. It's changing how you live. It's changing who you are. It's, it's changing the, the, the very being of who you are. So it's a struggle. But the Bible's clear. It's what we have to do. It's, it's where we are. It's what we need to do. And, and in the same way that we are as parents, we're authorities over the children that God entrusted to us. And they're going to listen to us or they're going to lose their phones. And worse. In the same way that God has created that order, this is, God has created an order even in the, in the church. You know those verses that I've read for the last three weeks in Ephesians 4 about how he gave? And I, I kind of like flew over it every time. Can you pull up the Ephesians 4 verse again? Just really quick. Do you have it? No. It's all good. I have it. Man, where'd you go, Ephesians? Ephesians 4. 4 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So, so Christ himself gave these people this authority, this position, this responsibility to equip his people for work of service. It's a gift. Whether you look at it as a gift, it's a gift, but it's something that, that you, you have to receive and you have to say, okay, I'll, I'll accept it. It's not just Sunday at 1035 and wow, we have great worship and I love it. And, and he knows, you know, a few Bible verses and it makes me feel good. Like, no, 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 there's, there's, there's this spiritual authority just like your kid better listen to you or else there's the spiritual authority that like, come on, man, submit to a spiritual authority, submit to what it is that God has, has put in place 
When you start doing that, you start realizing that you're maturing. But when it's like, don't tell me what to do. I'm not coming back here ever again. I'll go to a church where they tell me what I want. You're a child. Where are you? It doesn't feel like a birthday message. <laughs> ah. Yesterday, I spent the day in Central Florida. I got home uh, later in the evening. Uh, I'm on a committee that, that is a part of helping uh, future pastors get ordained. And it's, it's a, a, a pretty serious process in the church that Renew is affiliated with, the Church of the Nazarene. We're connected with the Church of the Nazarene. And so I'm, I'm a part of this committee, and, and, and people start the process, and they have to take classes, and they have mentorship, and they have accountability. And, and it's not just like a, a, a couple of months. It's actually at least a minimum of four years, but it could take up to 10 years of meetings and, and coming back and them doing their classes and going through this process. And, and when they finally get to the final interview, if, they're, if they've done all their classes and they've, had, they've served a minimum of the four years, then they can be up for or, or you know... Uh, they can, they can be interviewed for ordination. But in that ordination, there's like all the, everybody's there. Like all the entire committee, not like broken into little committees. Like almost the entire committee's there. Yesterday we had several, so we broke into two committees. But there's like 14 people interviewing a husband, a husband and his wife, or, or, or you know, the person that was getting ordained. Every time we did this, every time we did this, um, you know, we'd ask about their call, ask about their ministry, ask what God's doing in their life. You still, you, you feel like this is what God is having for you and, and all of these things because we take the, the, the order of elder very seriously that, you, you, you know, it's, it's a high responsibility. One of the things that we ask is, is um, tell me your view on sanctification. Tell me your, your, your understanding, your perspective on sanctification. So if you just were to pull your phone out and Google sanctification, it just means to be set apart, to be made holy. And, and, and so they know how to give the cookie cutter answers, but we usually try to dig a little deeper with them to make sure that it's not just head knowledge and it's heart knowledge. Sanctification is this setting apart where you're, you're saying to God and to man, I've been saved, so I'm, I've been born again, baby Christian, but I'm mature and I'm growing in my faith, and I'm growing in grace, set apart holy before God. I'm, I'm, I'm sanctified. Does that mean that you are without sin? No. No. Does not mean you're without sin. It's, it's this concept, we call it Christian perfection, and it's this concept of, it's not, uh, it's not like angelic perfection, which is a, a thing. It's not like Adamic perfection, like when Adam before the sin, before the fall. Um, it's, it's not, uh, what, what's the other one? Human perfection, like, oh, wow, I'll never sin again. It's Christian perfection is this Christian love that is, is purified. So think about it like uh, an element. Think about it like gold. When you get gold, you want it to be like pure, Right? The best gold is the purest gold, 100%. This concept is the same as the concept when it comes to, to love. Christian perfection, the sanctification that's happening, is the purest form of love. 
when there's nothing in us, and if there is, then we're checking it. And we're not just saying, oh, that's, it is what it is, that's me. If there's something in us, somebody can call us out or God can call us out or we can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we're like, I'm not, I'm not okay with this. I, this has got to be purified in me. An old preacher would say it's like giving God your house, letting him into your house, but letting him into the, the, the closet back in the very back. You know that part that usually guests never see? It's given them access to every, every part of your house. And when you've done that, when you've been sanctified, set apart before God, I'm not saying that you're perfect because I'm not perfect, but I'm being made perfect every day. And, and sanctification is this concept of today I'm closer to God than I was yesterday. And tomorrow I'm going to be closer to God than I was today. I'm, I'm growing in grace. I'm growing in my relationship with God. I'm not just saying, oh, well, throw my hands, whatever. It is what it is. Famous mantra of so many. No, come on, man. Grow. Mature. Become a, a, a fully devoted follower of Christ. And then you'll start experiencing adult faith and responsibilities, and you'll, you'll, start, you'll start reproducing. You'll start becoming a leader of leaders, and people will, will follow you, and they'll look at you, and they'll say, man, I want what you have. Not just, ah, oh, you go to church on Sundays, but I know the real you. It's a transformation. It's a transforming. Would you stand with me? So today, I want to, uh, as always, Give an opportunity for the person in the room, the person on the online that's maybe within the sound of my voice that maybe has never made, made a decision to follow Jesus, to ask Jesus to come into their life, to, to make that declaration, to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. There's people praying for you. They've been praying for you and for this service, and maybe it was just for you so that you would be born again, be welcomed into the family of God as a baby Christian. And we won't rush that. We'll walk with you. And if that's you today, we're going we're gonna to lead you in a prayer of salvation. But if in the room there's a person that's been a baby Christian for like 20 years or however long, there's no timelines on this, but you just know God's calling you to something more. We're going to pray a prayer of sanctification for the person that says, you know what, I, I want to start becoming more like Jesus. I, wanna, I want my love to be more pure than it has been towards my, my God and my neighbor. That's what I want for you. That'd be a great birthday gift, wouldn't it? For you to receive that. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. So God, right now, I just lift up every person in the room, every person within the sound of my voice. I pray right now for each person that's contemplating where they're at to answer the call, to answer the question, whether it's for a first-time commitment or a recommitment, surrendering, or maybe for the person in the room that's saying, I'm going to give this up. I'm going to give this secret sin to Jesus today. I want him to have my life. Where, wherever you are today, let Jesus be Lord. Old preacher would sometimes say stuff like this. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I hope he's Lord of all for you. If today you want to ask Jesus to come into your life to, to forgive you of your sins 
You want to accept him as your Lord and Savior. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer, and I invite the entire congregation, those that are followers of Christ, to repeat this out loud after me. It's a prayer that goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Today I choose to live for you and to grow in my relationship with you. If that was you today, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that was you today, would you just lift your hand? If that was you today, would you just lift your hand? Praise God over here on my right. Praise God. I see your hands. Praise God. Come on. Come on. Yeah, let's give God praise. I see your hand on my left. I see your hands. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed for one more moment. And, and this will be that opportunity for you to, to check a card at the end of the service that says, man, I, I want to take a next step. I decided to follow Jesus or I want to get baptized, whatever. But maybe for the person in the room that's saying, Pastor, I've been saved, but I'm a big spiritual baby. And God's calling me to, to rise up. God's calling me to humble myself. God's calling me to accept spiritual authority, submit spiritual authority to, to begin learning what it means to be a, a fully devoted follower of Christ. If that's you today and you want that today, if you want to say, man, I want to be sanctified from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I'm giving God everything that I have. If that's you, would you just lift your hand today and just say, Pastor, that's me. Man, all over the room. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing. So if you lifted your hand, I'm just going to ask you just to kind of hold your hands out to receive this and as I pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I praise you especially for those that are receiving what it is that you're doing in their life to set them apart, to make them holy, God, and sanctified before you, to make them a new creation in Christ the way you really want it, not just spiritual babies, not just infants, but growing and maturing from, from infantile to adolescent, adolescent to an adult, and an adult to a reproducing parent that, that is making uh, disciples as you commissioned us to do. God, work in them. I pray that whatever that thing is in their life that they have not surrendered to you, that they would just give it to you, that they would release it right now with an open hand, just literally say, God, this is yours. I give it to you. I give you this. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a, 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 a heart a thought. Maybe it's mine. Maybe it's a, a, a hobby. Maybe it's language. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's an addiction to something that no one else knows about but you and God do. Here and now, just surrender it to him. Let him have it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sanctifying work. We thank you for your transformative work that you're doing in each and every single one of us, including me. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all that God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. <laughs> praise God. We're going uh, to worship together. We're going to sing a closing song. If you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, uh, I've got some pastors and some ministers in the room. They know who they are. If you've got a local minister's license, you come on up and just line the front with me. Let's pray over some people. If they need prayer, you come forward while we sing. Let's, let's sing together.
You 
This morning. Come on now. Somebody. There it is. There it is. Well, hey, it is a birthday party and, and welcome to Reedy Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. Um, what would what would a birthday party be without without gifts, right? What would it, it wouldn't be a birthday party. It wouldn't be right. So we've got some gifts for you guys. Who would like a free t-shirt? Raise your hand if you want a free t-shirt. All right. There we go. Who else? In the back. Los, all the way in the back. Okay. Don't don't tear a rotator cuff, all right? Hey, I, the, the people over here, need, they, they need it. There it is. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Back there? Can I make it back there? All right, let's see. Oh, I'm going to the hospital. All right, all right. Is that it? We got more? Who wants a shirt? <laughs> well, these are not for free. These are actually our brand new t-shirt designs this one here is the the new creation has come this is our brand new renew shirt no god find freedom discover purpose make a difference on the back brand new we've got some hats as well um the t-shirts are 15 dollars. the hats are 12 and they're going to be over here you can buy them they're for sale man what, what an amazing thing um to kind of celebrate our birthday thank you guys you guys may be seated absolutely but the gifts don't stop. So we're also doing a, a giveaway to a family here. And as a matter of fact, let's show them where that place is gonna be. Cue up the video. Welcome to the Berry Farms in the Redlands. We're a third generation farming family and this is our latest spot with farm fresh produce picked right from our fields. 30 acres of land to be exact. You're invited to run and play all day. Our acres of sunflower fields are here for you to pick or take some selfies. You can relax or bounce all day. And we've been told we've got the best food, juice bar and shakes around. Bringing a piece of country to Miami, the Berry Farms. Berry Farms, that's right. One family is going to have the opportunity to, to win a, a family pack to Berry Farms on the house. You, are you guys interested in something like that? With that? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Awesome, cool. So here's the thing. If you want to enter to win that family pack, there's just one thing that we're requiring of you guys. We want to debut our brand new Next Steps card. This is a brand new thing. You can find it in the seat rack in front of you. If you don't have one, just let me know. We'll get you one. But you need to fill this out to enter into the, the, the you know, the raffle. And this is pretty cool. Not only are we getting your, your name and information, which you want to put right if you want to win, because if we don't can't recognize the name, then we got to pick another card. So fill it out legibly. And then also on this card, there's some things that you can communicate with us, things that maybe you're interested 
interested in, if you want to learn about small groups or uh, a different team to serve in, or you made a decision, you want to let us know, baptize, whatever, so on and so forth, take the time to fill this out, uh, take it seriously, and then you can drop this off in a bucket on your way out. Our ushers have some buckets. Drop it off in there, and one lucky Next Steps card to get the opportunity to win that four-pack to the Berry Farms. And also... As we get out of here, I have some instructions for you guys, right? When we get out, when we're going to head to the party, you're going to make a left. Well, my left. You're going to make a right. No. I'm right, right? Who's left? Right? I'm right or you're left? No. You're going to make a left. Keep making a left. And you're going to go down this hallway. Uh, we're going to have some tables there. What that is is that it's our small group fair. So to kind of go perfectly with what Pastor Trevor is talking about in this message of, of taking those steps to try to grow, we believe that growth happens in small groups. And so if you're not a part of a small group, man, we, we, we encourage you to check out those tables, ask some questions, meet some people, and see what small group fits your schedule, fits what you're looking for. But I guarantee you, small groups is the place that can take a baby to a teenager, a teenager to an adult. And so we, we man, what, what a practical next step. If you want to take this message serious and you want to do something with it, man, check out our neck, our uh, small group fair. Be a part of that. Get a t-shirt. Enjoy the party. And next week, we just want to let you guys know free Kona ice for the kids next weekend. So invite some families, get some people there. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Um, lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, we just want to let you know there's a few ways that you can do that first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you and you can drop them off in a bucket on your way out second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving and the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165 would you pray with me god we thank you for this day God, we thank you that Renew Church is four years old. God, what a blessing. What, what an amazing thing to see, Father, to see your hand and your faithfulness on this church, oh God. And Lord, we pray for the offering this morning. God, pray that you would continue to use it to build up your church and bring people into your kingdom, God. Lord, we pray that you would bless these people, Father, as they, as they give, as they worship you in this way, oh God. Lord, bless them. Help us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. See you outside.